Hello and happy 4th of July. Wide Tribe Podcast is back, at least for another episode, and it's been a while since I last published. The reason for these delays in the podcast is that for the past few months, I've been putting all my time and energy in my financial planning practice, Bill Financial Planning LLC, where I work with small business owners similar to the guests that I've interviewed in past episodes. And I'm pretty excited about it for a couple of reasons. One, as I've said before, this is a group that I really just enjoy spending time with. They're people I admire, who are abundance-minded, and who live interesting lives uh, pretty far off the beaten path. Two, while there is a lot that I can help them with on the financial planning side of things, especially with their unique situation in life compared to a lot of people, there's a lot on the business side that I can learn from them. So having something that I, I can give back and be useful to them with, it feels really good. In this episode, I have another conversation with Chris Kiefer about some of the best concepts and thinking we've come across lately. In particular, we dive into Tim Ferriss' interview with Jim Collins, and we talk about uh, life design, intentionality, discipline, and how small but consistent steps add up to big shifts over time. Links to that podcast and other resources referenced are included in the show notes. And now, having recently embraced new responsibilities that require legal disclosure, let me say this. I, Nicholas Peel, am owner and principal portfolio manager of Peel Financial Planning, LLC. I or my clients may have interest in securities discussed in this podcast. Moreover, this podcast does not constitute financial planning, life planning, or investment advice. And in seeking out such advice, you should make sure that the professional really understands you and your situation, because what makes sense for someone else may not make sense for you. Thus, nothing in this podcast or any other podcast can apply equally well to everyone. So take it with a grain of salt. Anyway. Don't make major personal or financial decisions based solely on what you hear. Just treat it as one source of information and education, which I think you will enjoy. So without any further ado, I hope you'll enjoy this conversation. Hey, Chris. Uh, Yeah, thanks for doing this. Hopefully it is interesting to you and to other people. I did take some notes when I listened to it, um, so I pulled those up. Okay. I'm I'm up for whatever. Yeah, uh, so just kind of by way of introduction... uh, like last time we talked about Tim Ferriss's interview with Jim Collins, uh, author of Good to Great and uh, Built to Last. Is that the other one? Yeah, he's done a number of books. Yeah. Good to Great's probably the most most popular or one of the most. Yeah, that's the one I have on my bookshelf, uh, which I still haven't read, but told I need to. I think his new book is like Flywheel or something. Is that right? Yeah. So I actually uh, today in in thinking about this conversation, I went to his website, jimcollins.com, mm-hmm. um, partly for inspiration for my own website mm-hmm. and also to just look into what he does mm-hmm. um, or how he presents his information. But I thought it was pretty, I don't know, I my opinion would be, like, obviously, yeah, if you have time to read Good to Great, awesome. But uh, the way that he has presented the stuff on his website i think is pretty cool one of the things that he has is just key concepts that he has come up with over the course of 25 years of writing and whatnot Mm -hmm. some of which are in the i I guess i would say most of them are probably in his books but not all of them are in all of the books and so i like i i would say going to his website for someone or you that if you haven't really got into his stuff yet I've I just went through and read like three or four of the concepts. I'm familiar with most of them, but it's just like I mean you can take five minutes and understand what the you know five the twenty mile march is or the hedgehog concept because he has like a little blog essentially on that particular topic. Okay. 
so anyways that that would be my suggestion um if if reading the entire book is not uh feasible just for the sake of time don't really have a good excuse for why i haven't read it <laughs> but okay so going through the website or uh thinking thinking back to when you listen to the podcast uh, i don't know how long ago that was but what what are some some of the things that stood out to you that you thought were particularly relevant uh for you for you personally like what did you like um yeah i'd say one of the i i uh actually re-listened to it last night and this morning and to keep it fresh in my mind and then wrote down a few key things um the first thing that i think is um i guess this isn't a key takeaway just a comment it's interesting that he starts out the inner like tim ferris's interview with saying hey can i ask you some questions and uh which is just like, I don't think there's anything rude about that at all. To me, it just kind of was like, this is the mind of someone who has written some phenomenal books and he's just so curious mm-hmm. that he's going to take every opportunity to dig deeper into whatever it is that he's thinking about, you know? So that's, I just thought that was interesting. They, to be honest, the topic was a little like heady about language and stuff, which was interesting, but I didn't like the, like, what transpired as much until after they actually got into like their real conversation, if that makes sense. That was just my opinion. Right. Well, cause there are a lot of, a lot of the first, like, and it's hard cause I listen to them on like one and a half speed. So it's always hard to guess cause you can't really do the math as easy, but I think mm-hmm. it felt like the first like 15 minutes or so were like about how Tim Ferriss learned to write at Princeton, which is like not that relevant to me. Uh, right. It's exactly. like, well, like find it, find a guy who's like a best in the world writing coach or teacher and then like have him teach you how to write. It's like, Oh yeah, I would never have thought of that on my own. Um, right, let me, right, let right. me just go find that guy. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, I mean, exactly. whatever though. Uh, um, there's probably yeah, still the nuggets McPhee there. guy. Is that who he was talking about? Who? McPhee. I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah. And he has a writing book yeah. that actually, um, I'm glad you brought that up cause I need to, um, or I, Okay, so I'm trying to not say, like, I need to do blah, 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 but I'm trying to say, like, I want to, because I, I genuinely do want to, and I think the psychology is different from feeling like you should do something versus, like, saying that you want to. So I want to go read that book. That's that's interesting. I would say that, I don't know, I feel like, I'm trying to think of in my own life, I feel like there's so many things that you want to do, and there's danger in uh, continuing to add things to your want-to-do list. Not that I don't do that, but I feel like, um, actually, to be honest, it might go back to one of the other concepts uh, that I thought was really good, which was, I think this was actually what he said. Jim said, Jim Collins said his major takeaway when he interviewed Peter Drucker was to uh, don't make a thousand, don't make a hundred decisions when one will do. Mm -hmm. So make one really big decision. And the example that he gave was like for speaking engagements, uh, I think the questions that he asks is like, is this going to be a great teaching moment? And um, that's his like bar. So rather than like, should I go to India to speak? It's just, is this going to be a good teaching moment? And if it is, then I will accept it. And if it's not, if it's just kind of like a fame thing, he would probably decline because he's just all about the teaching moment so i guess the mm-hmm. and i i'm saying what i and now i'm saying what i want to do and what i am in the process of doing 
for like taking away from this conversation or this podcast Mm -hmm. is I want to try and figure out what those questions are. And I feel like that is the, of the highest priority for anyone is to identify what is most important to you so that you can then, when someone suggests a book, it's like, Oh, I'm sure that was really great, but it doesn't fall in line with my one, uh, you know, guiding principle. So I'm probably not going to read it, but I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm glad that there's some value there or something. You know what I mean? Um, I feel like my biggest weakness in life currently is that I don't say no as often as I should. And even like mentally saying no, when someone's like, Oh, I saw this fantastic movie just being like, yeah, probably not going to watch it. You know what I mean? Like it's just Mm -hmm. so hard. You don't have to be rude to somebody, but I feel like I have a lot of like movie lists and book lists Mm -hmm. and they keep getting longer (laughs) and there's no way to get through everything, you know? So I don't know. That's just, I, I, I don't really have a good solution. And I think the first tactic for me is going to be, figuring out like what is my like what is my major decision that I can just make and then have that be the the compass for other little things that pop up did I talk about this uh last time like the idea that your your role as um kind of like the executive of your own life or like your own company is like fundamentally to like set a direction and if you don't do that, you're not going to do very well. But if you do only that, you, you have a pretty good shot at doing well. Did we talk about that? Mm-mm. Oh, but, okay. uh, yeah, I think that makes sense. Yeah. And I'm really interested in that, too, because it, it, it appeals to like the part of my brain that wants simplicity and elegance and uh, clarity in just generally most most decisions in my life. And I'm, I'm kind of it's interesting because like once you set that as a goal to like better like make sense of your possibilities and you know as a way of like sorting or yeah like a rule of thumb once you set that once you say like as a rule of thumb i'd like to have this rule of thumb um at hand to like make just better decisions going forward you start to notice how to do that which is like it's funny how that works right because you just like just drawing attention to it right so then like i generally get clearer and i'm thinking like, okay, so like for my financial planning business, it's like, okay, well, I've never really like started a company like this before. How do I do that? And then I'm going through and there's, you know, like a million decisions that you can really, uh, oh man, you can just die a death by a thousand cuts because there's like so many little things. But uh, big picture, there's really only maybe like three or four decisions that really matter that will like answer all of the other questions. So one one thing I'm playing with is like, okay, if in doubt, I want the decision that produces the least paperwork and the least like micromanagement of like day-to-day tasks. So like automate as like like if a computer can do it, a computer should do it because I'm I'm going to be miserable and bad at doing those things. So mm. that that's helped certain decisions because like okay, well, uh, am I going to try to be like this stock picking wizard? And it's like. Uh, no, cause like that takes so much time for a really marginal improvement. If, if any, right. It, it just like shifts attention from like, this is an area that I can be productive in. This is not an area I can be productive in and just focusing on like the differences between those two. Does that make sense? Mm. Well, the thing I was going to say is the, that's what you're talking about, I think is relevant and this is this was the first like key takeaway for me which is the 
I think that it's the the twenty mile march concept is what Jim Collins calls that, and again he um, has the he has like a brief description of what that is on his website. But when he mentions it in the Tim Ferriss podcast, um, he talks about how uh, the twenty mile march concept is the idea of doing uh, the idea of something that you do consistently over time that imposes a very high level of discipline that accumulates results. And um, I wrote that down when I heard that because I was just like, it is important to make it to make that big decision. But then it's also important to remember that any like worthwhile result that you are pursuing generally is going to require a lot of work over a like a big period of time. Mm-hmm. And the good news is that it's usually not like an impossible it's not an impossible amount of work. It just takes an incredible amount of discipline to do a little bit of that work every day. And if you can, um, wake up like there's so many things in life, but like for me, just if I want to like stay healthy, that requires like, if I want to be healthy when I'm 80, that requires that I put in time at the gym, you know, three days a week, minimum, let's say an hour a day, And I have to continue doing that for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden the result that I want, which is like, you know, an 80 year old man that runs a marathon that's feasible because of a, you know, a long period of time of me doing this small amount of work, which is actually like a pretty amazing accomplishment in the big scheme of things. You know what I mean? Um, But then also in business or, in reading books or trying, like if you want to become an author and I don't know if this is necessarily a good, uh, plan cause I'm not an author, but I would imagine that most really good authors, they're like, I'm going to write, you know, two hours every single morning. Like that's just what I do. And they do it over and over and over. I know that Seth Godin is like that where mm-hmm. he just is like, he just pumps out con like blog after blog after blog daily and um he's happened to have written like you know 25 or may i don't know he might even be like 50 just some ungodly number of books but he's written like 7000 blog articles <laughs> it's just like gee like it, it's incredible but if you like break it down it's like yeah he spent 30 minutes every single day writing a blog and then he posted it and then he went on with his day and he just did it again and again and again for like 10 years and anyways um I feel like that's the, that when you remember that, that just the 20 mile March concept, which I think comes from, uh, this idea of if you had to trek from San Diego to the furthest like point in Maine, it's like a 3000 mile trek. Mm -hmm. But if you just go 20 miles and then the next day you go 20 miles and some days, and he gives like kind of the topograph, like the, the topographical or climate across the country, but when you're going through the Nevada desert, it's going to be really hard to try and push through that 20 miles. But when you get to the plains where the wind's at your back and it's flat, you might feel like going 50 miles. But it's important that you hold back and save up that energy for a day where it's going to be harder and still only do the 20 miles. Um, and eventually you make it the 3000 mile journey, which is an incredible accomplishment. But you did it through small incremental steps daily and then just being super disciplined 
so what stood out to me a lot was like the flywheel concept. I think the concepts are related because uh, the 20 mile march, like the first part of like getting the flywheel started is to like uh, basically beat your head against the wall because like the thing is it's stationary. You've got like this really heavy like disc that you're trying to like push into motion. And it seems like a 20 mile march is like the best way to do that where you're just like basically just grinding until you get like enough like get some momentum and like if you're smart about how you like invest that uh 20 mile march time then you can really get some exponential results Mm. and you can really get like a self self self-fulfilling cycle but that self-fulfilling cycle can only happen when you're um or can only sustain itself when you keep uh pushing on the wheel to like keep it moving um or to get it go from like zero to one and to get it moving and then to keep it moving like it still requires that like constant diligent effort. Right. Yeah. No, I think that's the other thing is the, uh, in, in addition to it's the, all of this concepts definitely build on each other. So you have the 20 mile concept, 20 mile March concept, the flywheel. And then the other thing, which I don't think he is like an official concept that he's coined, but he does, he does mention it and it's just how he tracks his time. Oh yeah. Um, and I feel like, the thing that I am like, and I actually made a spreadsheet I made a little Google form and I want to start like, because of doing this conversation, I was like, you know what I have, like when I first listened to this, I was like, Oh, that's a really good idea. I should do that. And that's another one of those dangerous things. I'm like, I should stop eating ice cream. You know, <laughs> I should like do, I should run a couple miles every day, all these things that I should do, but mm-hmm. I don't. And it's only when you take time to really dive into what you just learned and then find a way to apply it to your life that that happens. So I'm going to, as of today, begin writing and keeping track of um, like how much creative time I'm spending every day. I just love the the way that he set that up in the spreadsheets and everything. Um, but the part that I think is brilliant from like the big picture is that once you if you if you're disciplined and you just take like it would take you a minute maybe every day to say okay i did this 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 and this i spent three hours of creative time and um uh and then the last column what does he say the last column oh the because of plus two plus one zero minus one minus two mm-hmm. like it would be so easy to do and i like i want to i wish there was an app and someone's probably creating this that could just be on an ipad next to my bed so it's just like tap, oh, tap, no, that, tap, tap. I think that does exist. Uh, I forget the name, but I've definitely heard of something like that on another yeah, podcast. So that, and that would be like literally just when you go to bed, you cannot fall asleep until you push this button and say how good your day was and then what you did, you know? Yeah. But after that, this is the part that I love about what Jim says is that he then looks back and he, like you're saying, you're, when you're, when you're trying, especially I feel like this is most relevant for me and you just being early in our careers and trying to figure out what we want in life and what Mm -hmm. we want to do, Mm -hmm. trying to figure out what it is we're supposed to do or what our business looks like. And it's just like, just start tracking. Like, was your day enjoyable? Yes or no. If it like, and then what did you do that day? And you're not justifying. You're just saying I did this, 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 and this, and it was a plus one. And the next day it was a zero. And another day I had a negative two and whatever you just you if you do that then after a year or even a couple months you could sort by the 
number that you rated your day and mm-hmm. see like, oh, I probably should do less of these things because it generally doesn't really make my day better. And I probably should do more of these things. And the way that Jim Collins, I think from his math background, he said that it was called, I wrote this down because it was a weird thing that I had not heard of before, but the simplex, um, simplex research for like finding the optimal solution when there's a crazy number of variables. Right. And he was saying under there's some mathematician that was explaining that under certain conditions, you can just find the local optimum optimum of a given like thing and then reset and then run another test, find the local optimum. And then over time you, um, zero in on the optimal solution for everything which when you apply that to your life it's it's like a fantastic Mm -hmm. and i'm also an engineer so i love like this made perfect sense to me but it's like what that is literally what everybody is trying to do in life is to like achieve happiness or fulfillment or joy or whatever and the only way that we can like we don't know the answer and there's no way that we could find out the answer until we're dead and like, you know, based on what our experience has been. Right. So the next best thing is to just run dozens or hundreds of these little experiments over the course of days or months or years and then be like, hey, I'm closing in on what I really like. And um, I, I think his method of doing this is like it requires a ton of discipline, which is the only drawback, in my opinion. But other than that, I don't know if there's another... I don't know if there's a better way, like practical way to tell someone who's like, I'm trying to figure out what to do with my life. Mm-hmm. than just say, start tracking your days, mm-hmm. like what you do. And then from a scale negative two to two, write a number down and then go to sleep and keep working the next day. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is interesting. Similar to something at uh, Jordan Peterson. I'm not sure. Um, but he kind of like grafted out. Uh, but he basically, you know, you start at like the origin, like where the lines meet and you have an idea of like, well, I, I'll try this. This seems like it'd be a good idea. And then uh, that's like a dot and you go to that dot and then you reevaluate. And as you like, uh, and then from that point, you kind of like reassess, look around and say like, okay, well, I think knowing what I know now, what I really want is this thing. And over time, you kind of, you're bouncing around like wildly at first, but over time you kind of settle into like a little bit more of a trend line and mm. you figure out like, okay, like, you know, I want to do not, not just figuring out like what direction to go in, but like you find, once you find that direction, it's just like, okay, I want to do more and more and more of this. And it just, yeah. like, it just like, is a self-fulfilling thing. What, like once you figure out the right direction or figure out mm-hmm. a good direction, but it, yeah. So it's, it's so funny. Cause as he was saying it, I was like, this is exactly what I did after college. Uh, I mean, like, I hate filling out job history forms because I had, like, uh, I went through, like, five different careers in my mind of, like, okay, I'm going to be a doctor. I'm like, okay, well, actually, like, doctors' lives aren't that interesting day to day. They're really boring, and arguably mm. the impact uh, is not what they want their impact to be. Like, I met a lot of frustrated doctors, so I was like, well, I don't, that sounds kind of shitty. I don't want to do that. Mm. So I was like, okay, well, maybe, uh, maybe the idea is fine, but just, like, the sacrifices you have to make of like working these like 70 hour weeks. Uh, maybe that's the issue. Maybe it's the style of the works and okay, physical therapy could be good. 
Uh, so I looked at that and explored that and got a job there. It's like, oh, and this, this also isn't like, <laughs> this also isn't like that good of an idea for me personally. So then I was like, okay, okay well, uh, it could be teaching. So then I went and got like a teaching job. Uh, and like, I liked that pretty well, except for the fact that you're like teaching high schoolers, like one or two kids in the class who like, like master their attention to like focus on something. Mm. So it's like classroom mm-hmm. management. I'm like, okay, well, that's useful information. I love like sharing knowledge and um, working with people. And I, I mean, working with kids is great too, honestly. Like there's like a great energy and like optimism that I appreciate there. So then I'm like, okay, well, maybe I'll go work in some profession where I'm like kind of teaching, and, like, but I'm like also learning more if there's more intellectual stimulation. So then I worked as like an investment analyst for uh, like two and a half years. And like that was that was good, but there wasn't enough like people. So like over time, I'm like pinballing my way in into like a, a general direction that works. That like graph starts to look kind of like a wedge where it's like really wide at the bottom, um, but it's like a, a it's pointing in some direction, and I'm like bouncing off the sides of it as I like, go from the wide mm. part to the skinny part at the tip. Absolutely. Well, I think that the other the thing that you and maybe you've already figured this out, but. I feel like I definitely went through and um, I'm actually giving a, a talk it's a, at my old high school. They have career day mm-hmm. tomorrow. And so I've been putting together a presentation for that, which has made me kind of think about all this type of stuff um, in more detail than I had before. But I think it was, I think Jim Collins, I hope I'm not getting this confused with something else. But does he talk about how the only way to create a masterpiece is with a blank sheet of paper? Is that in this, right? Uh, it doesn't sound familiar to me, but that doesn't necessarily mean he didn't say it. Anyways, the um, if it was, if it, it might have been Jim Collins, but just in a different video that I watched since then. But um, ma- the main thing that I think is interesting is that if you are told, like in life, if you're in high school especially, they're basically giving you like coloring books saying like hey like which which coloring book would you like to color Mm -hmm. and it's like here's an engineer here's a doctor here's this and they're giving you like options a b c or d but they're not saying that e f g h i (laughs) and so on are all other options that haven't been made and when you think of like any artist it's never a bad place to begin with coloring books like and that's probably like a good training Uh um, tool but at some point i think it's crucial to realize that everything or the at least this is true in my life when i was in school and then when i got my first job and it even like a decent way into my own business you still it's like this temptation and or the trap of like looking at what other people are doing Mm -hmm. And then being like, oh, how can I mimic that to achieve the same result? Instead of just realizing that at some point you have to trust the skills and experiences that you've gained in your life and then throw everything away, start with a blank sheet of paper and make the masterpiece that you want for your life instead of taking a sheet of paper that has a you know black and white sketch drawing that you're now attempting to color mm-hmm. in. Because that is so, like, it's just so narrow focused when the reality is, like, truthfully, you could be 
a high school teacher that does financial planning works remotely and, um, you know, does is learning like, or, uh, teaches physical therapists or so I don't, you know what I mean? Like it's the, the level of, especially with just technology and the way things are going, mm-hmm. there's, there is definitely like a lot of caution that I want to share with like high school kids that I'm going to talk to about like, there's like on one hand the options are so limitless that it feels overwhelming and that's where the danger is like you can't there is definitely danger in just like having a blank sheet of paper with no skills or like without knowing how to draw but it's also like the new like the good news is to say you don't have to know where you're going which sounds crazy you just need to try a lot of things audit yourself see what's enjoyable and then continue aggressively pursuing like the next local optimum that you discuss discover. And initially, like you said, it could be like, I want to be an astronaut. And you're like, Whoa, that was not even close. I'm going to be a veterinarian. And then it's like, (laughs) but in the process you've come across like, Oh, I like stars for some reason. And I like dogs. So, you know, what does that mean? You know, I, right. but that's the, like, I'm going to put the first dog on that's Mars. The thing. Right. Like, exactly. like, is that what it is? You, you don't know. know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it's interesting. Cause I think, I think you have a really good point about there being an overwhelming abundance of possibilities for people. Uh, and the, the reaction that I see to that oftentimes is like, instead of uh, figuring out a way to navigate that, like, like, building like a better boat for that like voyage uh people kind of retreat away from it and say like okay i want a job that i can clock in and clock out every day at the same time i know like what i have to do every single day and i know what the next 30 years of of my life will look like doing that same Mm. one job and i don't know if that's maybe a personality thing like i think some people are well suited to that and they can be happy doing that like god bless them like I, i can't but it's like that, that to me would be like my own personal hell, right? And I, I suspect it'd be mm. kind of a similar thing for you to like do the same thing over and over and over and over. I don't know, like that's the temptation it seems like to turn away from that infinite possibility to towards like a certainty. Like in my case, I was like, okay, well, like people are always going to need doctors. So like that, there we go. Like it's a great paying job. It's a respectable profession. You use your brain quite a bit. You like get to talk to people a good amount. You help people with your knowledge. Great. Boom. Career problem solved. Uh, like that's a horrible way. Cause like, uh, you, you don't know who you're going to be I mean, when you're young. You don't know who you're going to be in like two years, let alone like 30. Right. Right. No, I agree. I think that, um, the, the, you're, the more that you talk to older, more experienced people, the more you realize that even they are still trying to figure it out. Oh, yeah. And you're just like, it's confusing at first because you look at even like Jim Collins. Um, he was talking that one part of the podcast where he was talking about Peter Drucker and like at age is it 86 years old, he still had 10 books left in him. Oh, and, yeah. uh, and it's like, it's just so hard to fathom the um, like on one hand, how long life is it's all like, it's short, but long, but the like, the knowledge that you are picking up and learning throughout your entire life is so powerful that oftentimes it's like, I mean, it's the same thing with investing, you know, like you, you're putting away 
tens of thousands of dollars a year and it's like nothing's happening nothing's happening right and then all of a sudden like i don't know you probably know the percentages but it's like 80 percent of your wealth is accumulated in like the last uh, you know, five years of investing typically for most people or something like that. Right. You know? Well, like Warren Buffett wasn't a billionaire until he was 60. <laughs> yeah. It's just, and it's uh, just hard to understand that. Right. And then you realize that it's the same. I mean, honestly, it's the 80, 20 principle um, in our lives too, that like pretend, like if you, if you are just, at least I believe from hearing these people speak that, and this is what I'm, what I'm doing. But if you are just contemplative and like audit yourself occasionally, and you're just like semi aware, I would say the, like just that alone is going to make your life continue to improve in both like happiness and gratitude and fulfillment and everything, because you're paying attention to what makes you happy and what doesn't, Mm -hmm. you know, but if you're not, if you're not even doing that, which is why I think whether it's prayer or meditation or all like the mental exercises that I feel like is becoming more and more popular, Mm -hmm. the reason that those are so beneficial is because it's giving you like pause in your life to think like, what do I want? What is making me happy? What is making me sad? How do I stop doing those things? Like, it's Mm -hmm. just, on one hand, we're so, like, every human with as complex as we are, we're also, like, very solvable Mm -hmm. when you apply something as basic as, like, what Jim Collins is talking about. And the, again, the only hard part, and this is very, very hard for most people, like, I would say 95% of people struggle to their whole lives with this it's like do you have the discipline to continue to every day day in and day out measure track the thing that you want to improve which is your career or life or whatever or if it's finances like you got to spend time tracking that daily and be aware of it and just you know it's the same principles in any area of your life but the i can't remember you might have said this last time and i know i've heard it before but what gets tracked gets or what gets measured, what gets, gets measured done. results are done or yeah, something. Yes. It's the same. It's the same thing. As soon as you just start auditing your life, like chances are it's going to get better, you know? Yeah, I think so. And like you're, yeah, I don't know. I, what I'm kind of picking up from this whole, like the big picture of the conversation is kind of like you have a little bit of uh, what do you call it? complementary ideas where you have the your like your effort is linear but the outcome is exponential so you can control your effort and the direction of your effort and if, if you do a good job with that and you're smart you can really get like some exponential outcomes from that i mean kind of like what you're saying about like your financial um, situation like the last five years being like the biggest uh jump the same thing happens with your like knowledge experience, your relationships, um, like, like your social network gets, I mean, I, I mean, there's not, I don't think there's anything in your life that doesn't compound exponentially and, mm. or, uh, doesn't like decay more or less like the same way. But, uh, mm. it's, it's this cool thing where uh, that that's the, that's the thing that, uh, I think a lot of people don't see 
behind like the exponential success is like that linear constant effort and people putting in the linear constant effort don't it's really hard to see in that moment how that's going to turn into exponential success like you know that it will you know and maybe you'll see signs occasionally but while you're putting in that like linear effort it's really easy to get distracted or like lose focus or get discouraged and it's uh i mean that's like why it is disciplined effort like because it's not easy or natural for us to do but it is really Mm. productive for us to do so i think that's i mean for me that's kind of like the takeaway i'm getting here um what, what are you taking away from this conversation that ties into the flywheel too but yeah i totally agree that um it's very easy to get caught in the day-to-day and just like all you see is the you know the five phone calls that you made today that didn't result in anything let's say or whatever the thing is like you you just get caught there and it's only when you take a step back and look at like a snapshot of the last six months or two years or whatever it is that you realize oh wow i've actually come a long ways um and that's the other thing that i think the major the thing again why just another piece of wisdom from jim collins is realizing that just taking the time at the end of the day to be like yeah today was a negative two like it was just a really shitty day and i didn't like it like just that awareness then immediately puts that particular part of your life which happened to be 24 hours into like a box of like, this wasn't good, but this isn't me. And I'm not going to let this affect the way I view everything else. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like he just talking about how, whether you have on rose colored glasses or whatever the opposite of rose colored glasses are. And you're like the, the, if you're, if your life isn't good, it's just like the, it's the inevitable cycle of either going into like a downward spiral and viewing everything as like being a, you're a victim of everything that's happening in the world. And those are the negative people. And then the people in life that are generally very optimistic and happy. And it's like better things happen for them. It's not like they're luckier. It's just their view on the world is different. Um, And I think it's because of, or potentially could be because of something like this. And then the cycle. Yeah. And then the other, like just tying into what you said, there's two critical things that you have, you have to do. And the first is you have to work hard. Like it takes a lot of work. And so that's why it's probably important to make sure you're working on something that you enjoy and that you're passionate about. But at the same time, you have to audit and measure and track and all that stuff. But if you do one of those things and not the other one, either you're just going to be working really hard and potentially just not really enjoying life because you're not changing your tactics based on your what you've tracked. Or the other thing is you just spend your whole life tracking not that much input to the system, you know? And then, like, how could you expect to grow at all if you haven't even been lifting your weights, you know what I mean? Like if you're, if your goal, if we're making the analogy of you're trying to be like an Olympic weightlifter and you're like going to the gym and looking at weights all day, (laughs) but you're like keeping track of everything really, really well. You're like a master of the theory. Right. Instead of actually growing yourself. And so that's the part that I feel like 
there's two, an incredible amount of discipline and then actually doing work, even when the work is not clear, you know, you just make the best guess for that day and move forward vigorously and the next day and the next day and the next day and then schedule, whether it's monthly or quarterly or annually time to reflect and say, do I like the job that I'm in? Do I want to make a shift? Do I want to change? Or maybe it's on a weekly basis, which is like, hmm, I'm going to not watch TV as much, or I'm going to call these people more often because I really like talking to them or whatever. You know? Yeah, this podcast case in point. I totally agree. This, like what we are doing is an example of something that is positive for me. Like I would say it is this, like if I'm, when I write down in my journal that I just created on Google Sheets, mm-hmm. like I will, I will say that the, I don't know if I, my entire day was, would equal out to a two, but this would definitely be one of the positive parts of the day because what it caused is for me to actually spend time processing like my thoughts and whatnot. And then the other thing is it made me start journaling, which I wasn't, I probably wouldn't have done except for the fact that I was like, I should go back and re-listen to this Jim Collins podcast because I'm going to talk about it. And then I was like, I I said I was going to do this when I heard it the first time two weeks ago and I haven't. And the only reason I haven't is because I haven't taken time to just do it, Mm -hmm. you know, and just start. So yeah, that's interesting. Well, I'm I'm so glad to hear that you um, are getting something good out of this because I've I've been looking forward to this really all week. It's like kind of it it makes such a difference to like have something that you're excited about to like sit down and have like a good conversation about something. So uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm good. I'm I'm glad you're getting something out of it too because it's it's definitely Mm -hmm. good for me. Is there anything else uh, on your mind or is this like a good point to wrap up? Um, no, I think that this has been, um, I think this was a fairly good summary. The only thing I would say is just like I mentioned at the beginning, because I'm currently doing this, I think I've watched like six videos this morning on, they're all short on uh, Jim Collins website. Um, but I just think he does a good job of summarizing his life's work in some very, like, honestly, the website could maybe use a little bit of a design improvement, but overall it's not bad and it's, it's fairly navigable. And um, I think that the concepts that he has come up with are not necessarily like earth shattering. And maybe some of them have been said in other ways, but need, but you know, it go. it is still, they are still very critical things that I think if you understand and apply to your life, they definitely can help. Music for this podcast is by Cambrian Explosion, who were once mistakenly left for dead on the surface of Mars by their spaceship crewmates. Consequently, they had to remain on the planet for four years, making their own soil, growing potatoes indoors, harvesting water, and waiting on a rescue. It is truly a thrilling tale, and you can hear its influence in their music available on Apple iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, and cepdx.bandcamp.com. Thanks for listening.